it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon from KTBB Radio, Tyler Longview, Texas today. How was your Christmas? What did Santa bring you? I'm going to get a little personal here. Santa waited until today to bring me my Christmas present, that present, that being that my daughter Bethany, who graduated from Tulane University this time last year with her Master of Accounting degree, passed her fourth and final part of the Texas CPA exam, A real accomplishment. I'm really proud of her. I'm giving her a shout-out right here at the top of the show. Bethany, your mom and I love you. We're proud of you, and you're off to a great start on what's going to be a great life. So with that out of the way, hey, if Jimmy can talk about Lincoln, I can talk about Bethany, all right? Well, so anyway, with that out of the way, let's get down to what we need to talk about today. It's about to get real. Preseason is over. The games are about to count. The process of selecting a challenger to the incumbent administra- administration begins in just 20 days with the Iowa caucuses on January 15th. No more theorizing about what might happen here on talk shows like this. It's now going to actually happen. So toward advancing this discussion, I want to ask you, how many of you flew somewhere for the holidays? A good number, if you believe the reports we saw of the TSA lines over the weekend, I've been a pilot since 1981. I hold an airline transport pilot certificate, the highest airman certification the FAA offers. I know something about flying airplanes, and I can tell you this. If you got on an airliner over the holiday weekend bound for destination A, the crew had destination B in mind. It's called a filed alternate, and you have that alternate in case weather or some other factor jumps up and makes landing at the primary airport impossible. So what is your alternate airport to Donald Trump? Donald Trump looks like the prohibitive favorite to win the nomination, but what if one of the many landmines that I'm going to lay out here in a minute gets him? As we say, the calendar is now a thing. It's real. So are some key facts. First, some numbers. Here they are, 39, 81, and 91. President Biden's approval number, according to the Real Clear Politics average of polls, stands at a dismal 39%. An incumbent with a 39% approval radio has a dismal prospect for re-election. Ask Jimmy Carter. Part of the reason for the 39 is the 81. President Biden is showing every single day of his 81 years. No one is now seriously trying to deny that he's lost his fastball. Everybody recognizes that not only has he lost his fastball, not that it was ever that fast to begin with, he now struggles to even make it out onto the mound. Biden's age is a real factor. That number, 81, is going to loom large. But so is the third number, 91. Former President Donald Trump, the man who appears most likely to be the Republican challenger to current President Joe Biden, is under 91 felony criminal indictments. We haven't seen a one-term president seek election to a second non-consecutive term 
since Grover Cleveland in 1892. None of us were around to see that. We have never seen a one-term president seek election to a second term while facing possible criminal conviction. So that 91 is a number. And there's actually a fourth number to consider. It's also four. That's how many points Nikki Haley is behind Donald Trump among likely voters in the New Hampshire primary, according to an American research group poll released right before Christmas. For now, the Real Clear Politics average of New Hampshire polls does have Trump leading Haley by 21 and a half points. So the American research group poll is either an outlier or it's a leading indicator. Governor Chris Sununu, um, the uh, Republican governor of New Hampshire, thinks it's the latter. Here he is, cut five. She is surging. Uh, it's real. It, there's a lot of momentum here. Um, and again, it's not just here in New Hampshire, but, you know, now she's potentially second place in a couple polls in Iowa. Um, so that's it. I mean, I've always said this is a race between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. She's making her case, connecting with voters. And it's real. It's genuine. It isn't just, oh, here's a, can a candidate with a campaign. People see this as a movement, a real movement to kind of move, make sure the Republican Party's moving forward, making sure that we're galvanizing the country with someone that not just can win, because most of the Republican candidates can beat Joe Biden. That's that's actually not very difficult, but can actually carry the entire ballot with her, right? And kind of bring that genuineness, um, that live for your die thing. We're pretty passionate about it here in New Hampshire, but if you can bring a little bit of that to the White House, that's a pretty awesome opportunity for this country. So Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, thinks that, that Nikki Haley is on a roll. We'll see. Um, we'll see. One thing we know about primary season, there's always at least one big surprise. Just ask Joe Biden. I was, in, I was in New Hampshire in 2020 for the um, uh, New Hampshire primary. Uh, all of that happened in February, not long before COVID just crippled everything. But I was there when the uh, Joe Biden entourage literally slunk out of town in the afternoon, well before the polls closed. That's because he knew he was about to get shellacked. He finished a distant fifth, dead last against Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and Elizabeth Warren. We all thought he was finished. And a little over two weeks later, he crushed the South Carolina Democratic primary and never looked back on his way to the nomination. Surprise, surprise. So, in an environment which, in which a surprise is almost inevitable, like the surprise of the captain coming on and telling you on board and everybody else with you that you're not going to go to your airport you set out for, what is your plan B for a for a, a surprise this primary election? If you're supporting Trump, what's your plan B if something knocks him out? If you're hoping to run against Biden because of his dismal poll numbers and make him, making him um, look easy to beat, What's your plan B for a beatable candidate if he keels over or if the Dems preemptively take him out? Want to know? 888-788-9910. What is your plan B? Here's the calendar, and as I say, it's about to get real. The Iowa caucuses are first up 20 days from now, January 15th. Eight days after that, it's on to New Hampshire. I'll be there for the New Hampshire primary. It's a Republican primary only this time in New Hampshire. Biden, the Democrats, gave the Granite State the middle finger for this cycle. In one poll at least, as we just said, it looks possible that Nikki Haley could pull off an upset of Donald Trump. If that were to happen, think about this, if that were to happen, she'd be in the catbird seat a month later for the South Carolina Republican primary, her home state. If she were to somehow win in New Hampshire, still a long shot, but there is that one poll, 
She'd be poised to make it two in a row in South Carolina and gain huge momentum in the process, similar to what happened to Joe Biden in 2020. Ten days later, it's March 5th, Super Tuesday, primaries in 16 states, including Texas. Nineteen days after that, on March 24th, Trump's January 6th criminal trial in federal court in Washington, D.C. is set to begin. That is the absolute most unfriendly venue imaginable for Donald Trump. I cannot imagine how he escapes conviction by sometime in late April or early May. The, the deck is stacked against him. It's a heavily Democratic um, district. It, what is it? The district votes 95% Democrat. You have liberal justice. You have a liberal judge. There's no way it could be worse for Donald Trump in that trial. I can't see how he escapes conviction. On May 20th, uh, his criminal trial in federal court in Florida on the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case is set to begin. That's a friendlier venue. Let's call it a toss-up in that trial with a verdict sometime before the 4th of July, assuming no delays, assuming none of the things that happen in trials happens. On July 15th, it's the Republican National Convention. And here's the thing at which the delegates may be asked to put up a convicted felon as the party's nominee for president. Should he be a convicted felon? No. Should he be prosecuted? No. Is, is all of this massively politically, politically driven? Is the justice system corrupt? Yes. Should, he, should we even be thinking about prosecuting him on the cases that have been brought against him, given how Democrats have been given a pass on much worse? No. But the fact is, that's not going to change the fact that there's a good chance that on July 15th, as the Republican National Convention gets underway, the delegates there will be asked to put up a convicted felon as the nominee for president. What if they don't? What's your plan B? 888-788-9910. And let me be as emphatic about this as I possibly can. I am not anti-Trump, even though a lot of people listening to this show think I am, based on things we've talked about other times that I've been filling in for Jimmy. I am not anti-Trump. I just am not. I gave his presidency very high grades. And if you'll go to my to my column, youtellmetexas.com, type in the search bar Donald Trump, you will find I don't know how many columns where I was in full-throated support of Donald Trump. I think the way he is being treated is horrible. And I think it has to be addressed by whomever takes office in 2025. But it is not realistic to just assume that he's just going to glide to the presidency on the strength of his policy successes in his first term and given the obvious weaknesses of Joe Biden and those of just about any other Democrat that might replace Joe Biden. We've never had a convicted felon on a party ballot for president before. Now, we might should have. It should have happened in 2016. Hillary Clinton very clearly committed felony-level level federal uh, crimes, and yet she got on the ballot. The difference between her and Trump, though, is that the Department of Justice is spring-loaded to pursue a Republican and equally spring-loaded to give a Democrat a pass. I happened to be watching on TV when FBI Director James Comey read a long list of felony charges against Hillary Clinton and then in the very next breath let her off the hook on all of them. Donald Trump will not be let off the hook. If there is any little shred of evidence that is supportive of a conviction, he will be convicted. 
What does that do to GOP prospects in 2024? And do you have a plan B? Do you even buy the idea that we need a plan B? 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. The show continues. Stick around. Jimmy Fela. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America. Paul Glodger sitting in for Jimmy Fela. Want to hear from you when I fill in. I do the show. You do the show, too. 888 888- 788-9910. We go to Mike as our leadoff caller upstate New York. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. So what's on your mind, Mike? What do you say? Uh, I mean, elephant in the room here is, is that I, I think that people are kind of a little bit in denial that, that the Democratic Party is absolutely fine with Donald Trump getting the nomination. They, they firmly believe that Trump cannot beat Biden in an election again. Um, you know, you're talking about Plan Bs. I, listen, I'll tell you flat out, middle undecided voter right here on the phone. Okay, fair I enough. Would vote, I would get, vote for Nikki Haley over Joe Biden. Not in a million years would I vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. We, we can't go back to that. I, I think you're right on as far as is what is your plan B. People really and, – and it's it's tough. It's a tough one for a lot of people to swallow, but I, I just don't see the Trump thing happening again. Listen, well, I, a whole lot of people do, Mike, and is it because they see clearly or because they're blind? And that's the question I keep asking myself. I said, and I am not anti-Trump, and a lot of people are accusing me of being anti-Trump, and I'm not. But I do see things that concern me with respect to his electoral prospects and, frankly, to the success of a second Trump term if he were to win. If, right. Think about this. Let's say he is convicted, and of course those convictions will be appealed, and they won't be adjudicated on appeal until well after the election. Which So, so he goes into office, and he, he say he wins the election, and he's sworn in, and he goes into office as a convicted felon. And let's say, as is I think you know, pretty likely to happen, that the GOP loses the House in 2024, because it's a very, very thin margin, and there you are in New York being redistricted. So that those victories that that happened in 2020 will vanish in 2024, and there goes the House majority. The House will turn around and, and impeach him again, and the chaos begins. And I mean, I I think the the Democratic Party really kind of made their their position clear in the 2024 elections. They they were, and it's documented, they were financially supportive to the Trump endorsed candidates. They don't listen. There's no denying there's there's a strong following for Trump in this country. But I think that their stance is that Trump, while there is a strong following, strong enough for him to win, you know, the presidential election, probably not. Well, even and even if he did, what would that what would that second administration look like? So, I'm I'm not I'm not for Trump. I'm not against Trump. I'm for America, and it when we cannot even think about the possibility of a second Joe Biden term, if you love the country. We just can't. Uh, 
Uh, if it's between Trump and Biden, I'll take Biden any day of the week. Well, see, that's the difference between you and me, Mike. I would not. I'll take an uh-huh. eggplant over Joe Biden. I mean, <laughs> All right. Hey, appreciate your call. Got time for one more. Gary in uh, East Texas. You're up. Gary, what's on your mind? Oh, well, mine's going to be quick. Uh, mine is the um, Kennedy factor. And the reason I bring that up, because this other caller you just talked to, he won't vote for Trump. But he really didn't want to vote for Biden. So where did these votes go? If Biden didn't get a percent of minority votes or get a percent of the um, independent votes, then Trump could easily win. But I guess that's the bottom line. We got to see what that third party vote made, how much of a siphon from Biden. I can't tell you with any expertise, Gary, who an RFK Jr. siphons more votes from, Trump or Biden. I think he'll take he's going to take votes from both of them. He'll be he'll be unlike a Ross Perot who clearly took votes away from George H.W. Bush uh, and thus gave us Bill Clinton. I think uh, RFK will siphon off votes from both sides and we'll get down to which one did he take more away from. An RFK junior candidacy is a real interesting, complicating factor. If he yes, runs sir. as a third party, I mean, which he's now, you know, he's, which he's going to do, right. he's a, not even as a third party, he's running as an independent, not even a third party. So he's right. yes, likely going to be, likely going to be on the ballot. And what does that do? I can't tell you, which is, which brings me back to, you need, if you want the Republicans to win, you need somebody who can win with the highest margin possible. And the question is, is that Donald Trump? And if not, what is your plan B? If it's not right. Donald Trump. Right. Well, um, oh, I just wanted to say it was nice meeting you when Jimmy was down here. And um, a big shout out to your daughter. That's awesome. She graduated and passed all those tests. And that's awesome. Well, I think her mom and I think it's awesome because we have been getting the tearful phone calls as she has been struggling trying to get through the brutally difficult Texas CPA exam. So her mom and I are just excited as we can be. First of all, we're proud of her. So thank you, Gary. I'm going to save this tape of you shouting out to her. Thanks for your call, 888-788-9910. Yeah, listen, for, for everybody who's sitting listening, they're saying there's Gleiser going off again about Donald Trump doesn't like Donald Trump. I love Donald Trump's presidency. I, I thought, gosh knows it was great for business, and I'm, I'm a small business owner, and uh, my, the clients to this radio station are mostly small business owners, and he was great for business. So I'm all in for four more years of Donald Trump policy. The question is, can he get the four more years, and would he in a second term be able to implement policy, or would the distractions be so huge? Let's air all of that out, 888-788-9910. Hung Cow from Virginia coming up after the break. Stick around. Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fallon filling in today, 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of the program, part of the program right now is Hung Cow, GOP candidate for U.S. Senate in Virginia. Hung, thanks for joining us on the show today. No, thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. Uh, very Merry Christmas, actually, and I hope you did as well. Listen, uh, there's two things I'd like to talk to you about since we, we you've graced us with your time. One number of three things, your candidacy, but the... The two things that are kind of, I think, on our minds right now are the, what are the issues going to be for the vote in 2024? Kellyanne Conway, a defender of Donald Trump, was on 
Fox News Channel the other night saying that, you know, people that object to Donald Trump's personal mannerisms, they don't vote on what offends them, they may vote on what affects them. That's her, her, her dealing with the fact that some people are put off by Donald Trump. What do you think the issues are? You're running a candidacy. What are you hearing? Well, it's uh, really for Virginia, it's, it's the economy, right? And the economy is directly tied to all the regulations that are being put out by these unelected officials. So one of the things I want to do is put up a bill that would go only give a, a uh, certain amount of time, like three years for regulations coming out from the uh, for the executive branch. Uh, and after that, it has to go to Congress to be a law, because if you're going to put undue taxes on the American people, it better go through lawmakers and not through the EPA Department of Transportation, Department of Energy, you know, where they say you can't have incandescent light bulbs, you can't have gas stoves, you can't have furnaces, you, you can't have ceiling fans. I mean, where do they come up with this? And then also the the border. I mean, the border crisis is just astounding. I was down on the border with Joni Ernst a, a few months ago, and I'm telling you right now, this is hurting the American economy. It's hurting American cities, and it, it's it's hurting everybody altogether. And so this is these are things that are resonating with the American voters and as well as uh, Virginia. But also for Virginia, education is a big piece as well. I mean, they, parents want to know what's being taught to their children. And, and if they're going to call your, my kids by a different pronoun, they, they better ask me first instead of just uh, making a decision on their own. You, see, you talk about the border. I'm sitting here in the state of Texas. You know, we're a border state with a big, great, big, long border. We've been dealing with this for a long time. Um, and it's amazing to me how the mayor of Chicago, Mayor Brandon Johnson, can be crying and, and, and yipping at um, uh, our governor, Governor Greg Abbott, uh, by, because of the fact that Texas is sending these illegal migrants to, to quote-unquote sanctuary cities like New York and Chicago. Here's what Mayor Brandon Johnson had to say about our governor, Cut 8. We have a governor a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized, and then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness, we have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed, you have people who are seeking employment. The governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. This is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country. The disconnect is just stunning on this topic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, don't forget that when they come across the border, they get a $5,000 Visa gift card. They get uh, a cell phone with services for up to five to ten years because, you know, that's how long it's going to take for them to get in front of a a judge, and then they get a plane ticket anywhere in the United States. I say give them that plane ticket and send them back to Mexico and let them wait there, and then we just save the American people $5,000 or more. I mean, we need secure this border. We have tens of thousands of uh, military-aged males from China, Yemen, Syria coming across the United States, and what do you think they're here for? It's not for to look for a job. They're here to set up a, a, a Ford operating base. Well, yeah, and aside from that, the, the fact that he, he's complaining about the impact it's having on Chicago. Chicago is, what, the third largest city in the United States behind Los Angeles? Um, New York is the largest city in the United States. We have the mayor there complaining about 
Texas migrants being bussed. They, cities that large can't handle this influx of migrants. What rank is Eagle Pass, Texas, in population rank, <laughs> which, no. which gets 10,000 a month coming through? So if, if New York and Chicago can't absorb these people, how do they think we can absorb them in small towns on the border in Texas? No, you're absolutely right. And I'm telling you right now, as a refugee and an immigrant to this country, don't ask for the American dream if you're not willing to embrace the American culture and the American laws. So I'm telling you, as an immigrant to this country, don't don't talk to me about, you know, oh, it's not fair. Stand in line. Stand in line. Because my family waited for seven years for our citizenship. My dad, the last thing he had over his bed before he passed away last year was his citizenship um, certificate. That's how proud we are. I served the United States military for 25 years in special operations, fighting Iraq, Afghanistan, and Somalia, because I owe it to this country. So please don't come preaching to me about what happens in these century cities when, when you haven't bled for this country and understand what this country gives to you. Hung Cal, he's a GOP candidate for the Senate in Virginia, is with us here on Fox Across America. So tell us about your candidacy, uh, the opposition, and what you see as prospects for the Senate. Well, um, there's Virginia is definitely in play. Virginia is a D plus three. That means it leans uh, Democrat three percent. People keep thinking it's blue. No, it's very red in certain places. And I'm running against Tim Kaine. He's kind of a goofball. I mean, he, he look he he was governor of Virginia, and he was so bad that Obama didn't pick him to be his vice presidential candidate. Right? He picked Biden. So let that sink into your your audience's brain. <laughs> yeah, but, but Hillary worse picked than him. Joe Biden. Yeah, because she needed somebody that was basically a, a milk toast to to kind of kind of even her out a little bit. Uh, but I mean, Virginians don't remember what he's done for them, except he got stuck on I-95 during a snowstorm with a bottle of Dr. Pepper. But I remember, I remember distinctly that uh, Tim Kaine has has forgotten Virginia and just voted lockstep with Joe Biden all his failed policies all on the way because all he wants to do is to stay in power. Well, that's what pretty much – that seems to be the drug that uh, a lot of politicians are hooked on is power. Let me shift gears on you. Um, it, we, we celebrated the, the, the Christmas holiday over the weekend. Yesterday was Christmas. We, you know, you know, Saturday and Sunday felt like two copies of Christmas Eve. So we're <laughs> celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace, and yet um, a war rages in the birthplace of Jesus, and people in America are 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 – demonstrating against Israel defending itself. We had more pro-Palestinian demonstrations throughout the U.S. over the holiday season. Um, and we have, you know, celebrities, uh, idiot celebrities like Susan Sarandon coming out in support of, of, the, of, of the, the pro-Palestinian anti-Israel. Here she is, cut 15. You don't have to be Palestinian to stand with the Palestinian people. <laughs> You do not have to be Palestinian to understand that the slaughter of almost 5,000 children is unacceptable and a war crime. Yeah, well, what about the slaughter of all those people at the music festival on October 7th? I don't get these people. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You know what happened on October 7th, 2001? The United States invaded Afghanistan. Do you think anybody would have been able to tell us, oh, you know, be, be easy on the Taliban? No, after what they did on 9-11, no, there's no mercy in this dojo, right? But 
when you're talking about what happened on October 7, 2021, we have no right to tell Israel how to defend themselves after what happened to their people. But don't you talked about Christmas also. Don't forget that on Christmas Day, three U.S. service members were injured, one critically, by yep. Iranian drones. And so this is a, this is an Erbil, Iraq, where it was really should be the model city for all cities in Iraq. But when Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States, he was supposed to negotiate this status force agreement, and he failed to do so. We had to pull out. I was there. We had to pull out in the middle of the night, and, and ISIS came about. And Afghanistan, that was Joe Biden's fault. And, you know, Ukraine, that's Joe Biden's fault. He we wants to uh, elongate this war indefinitely while telling the Israelis what they can or can't do against Hamas. But don't forget, I want to remind the American people, in 1975, Joe Biden's first vote in the Senate was to stop all funding to South Vietnam, causing my family to have to flee in the middle of the night also. So I have a personal vendetta against Joe Biden. He's caused all this disruption and all this, this chaos around the world, and we need to hold him accountable. Well, let me ask you this in the, in the few minutes that we have left here. With respect to the 2024 election, with respect to the GOP's prospects, you know, we know what happened in 2020. Uh, it, 2020 is, will be studied by historians for decades to come. The red wave that was supposed to happen in 2022 did not happen. Uh, the Democrats, I mean, the Republicans had a fairly disappointing uh, night back in November uh, recently. How do we get the GOP to get some mojo? <laughs> well, we have to have really strong candidates. I mean, right now, when you put the two presidential candidates against each other, one one person brought peace to the Middle East and, and as well as North Korea. I don't think Americans knew how close we were to war with North Korea. In 2016, I was counting every bomb, every missile, every torpedo to for an imminent war against North Korea. And Donald Trump pulled us back from the brink. And then he brought peace and economic prosperity. Joe Biden, on the other hand, has basically wrecked this entire country. And so when the American people go to vote, uh, they need to ask themselves this. Are your kids going to remember why why the, you, you voted against, uh, you know, a certain person because you were, you know, uh, because of a mean tweet? Or, I mean, are they going to know what a mean tweet is? Or are they going to say, hey, you know, you voted for, for uh, you know, prosperity and, and safety for this country. Uh, and so you voted the right way. And and same same with the Republicans. They need to they need to vote for us because we are the ones that are going to bring bring back economic prosperity. Well, let me ask you this: I, I set this up in the uh, in the monologue of the first of the show. You weren't here yet. I said, given the given the calendar, the primary calendar and the and the trial calendar for Donald Trump, by the time we get to the convention in July of next year, uh, Donald Trump is a very strong possibility will have been convicted on at least one felony count and maybe more by the time we get there do we nominate a convicted felon oh you know what's funny is i i mean joe biden might be convicted too for all this stuff so we can hold our first presidential debate in san quentin if you want to yeah <laughs> well yeah or, or, or the hour or the federal prison in Terre Haute. But what, you know, really, I mean, this is the thing that we're, we're talking about things that just have never been thought of before. But I may be a pessimist and I may be, you know, overthinking it, but I don't see how he gets out of the trial in Washington, D.C. Uh, unscathed. And that's going to happen yeah, I first. I don't see how no, he does you're right. it. 
You, 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 I mean, there, there's a lot of ifs, ands, but I mean, but you're seeing that the uh, Supreme Court and a lot of courts are kicking back a lot of these things that that Jack Smith uh, is putting up. I mean, Jack Smith's not even hitting him on. I think um, was it the January sixth thing? He's not even uh, convicted of putting him those those on the indictments because he knows it's not sticking. And so this is the problem, right? You, you have a prosecutor who's after his own personal agenda. He he's He's failed in Virginia. He tried to go after our, our governor, um, um, uh, Bob McDonald, you know, and, and all that stuff uh, fell apart, and, and he was acquitted. And so Jack Smith is not really the sharpest tool in the shed, and so he's not going to win. And, and this is – look, we, we the American so you, people – So you don't, you don't think Trump will be convicted in a D.C. court by a D.C. jury? You know, I, I'm not going to – I don't have a crystal I don't know, and, and I'm just but that's, telling you right that's now. That, gotta, that's got to be your yeah. fear, though. you got to think about that. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm hung cow, man. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I, I fought Taliban. I fought the ISIS. I'm not afraid. Yeah, but I, we're we're going to pull through. Well, it's a political reality. I just I think you, you've got. You, I can't imagine a worse venue for a Republican, a Republican former president, than um, than Washington D.C. in a in a D.C. federal court with a D.C. jury. No, you're, you're right. I mean, the, but the American people are going to see this as a really. Uh, I, not the you know for lack of better terms trumped up charges and they're going to vote even harder and and I think this is this is just the way it is again we're look this country was based on on the foundation of freedom and and your innocent until proven guilty and you know having seen forty countries and fleeing from communism I'm telling you right now if America failed. There's nowhere else to, to, no, that's to ab- run to. That's absolutely true. Hung Kao, a candidate for the Senate in the great state or in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Let me get that right. How does uh, how do people find out more about you? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, go for hung4va.com, so H-U-N-G-F-O-R-V-A.com, and you'll, you'll see how we can win this. And not, not only that, I'm asking for everybody's support because without your support, we can't win against the, the – Democrat money machine. I mean, Tim Kaine was the bagman for the Democrats. So, you know, we, we're going to need a lot of support for us to, to beat Tim Kaine next year. All right. Hunk Cow, good stuff, good luck, and, and a happy new year. No, thanks. Same to you, too. There there he goes, Hunk Cow. Here we go. More after the shows. Come More after the break. Coming up. Stay with us. The reviews are in. That is a disgusting act, and it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. If you'd like to be a part of the show, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today, taking your calls. I want to take uh, issue with our leadoff caller earlier in the hour, Mike from Upstate New York, says that if Joe Biden and Donald Trump are on the ballot, he's going to vote for Joe Biden because he can't bring himself to vote for Donald Trump, even though um, he said he supported Trump early on. Let's just concerns about Donald Trump. Uh, being fully acknowledged, let's just take things uh, point by point in support of Donald Trump. If he were still president, uh, the uh, the insanity that seems to be popping up in the world every direction you look, 
likely wouldn't be happening today. If Trump were still president, it's unlikely Hamas would have invaded Israel. Tensions in the Middle East were abating during Trump's presidency. Trump neutralized ISIS, whom his predecessor dismissed as the JV team. That, that neutralization of ISIS got the attention of friend and foe alike. The catastrophic, humiliating pullout from Afghanistan wouldn't have happened under a Trump presidency. Thus, Russia's Vladimir Putin wouldn't have been emboldened to invade Ukraine. And though uh, Donald Trump wasn't as fiscally restrained as I might have liked, I still say that he would not have signed under the $6 trillion spend-a-palooza that Biden did. That, that spend-a-palooza that reawakened inflation from its 40-year nap, and as a result of two-thirds of Americans now living paycheck to paycheck. With Trump in office, this idiotic fixation on climate change wouldn't have led to the kneecapping of the American oil and gas industry, foolish policy that's led to higher energy prices, which also fuels inflation. And certainly, 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 if Trump were still in office, millions of people a significant percentage of whom are criminals, drug dealers, and, and, and incipient terrorists, wouldn't be pouring across our southern border. Trump is far from perfect. His electability, given all that's swirling around him in 2024, <clears throat> is a legitimate concern and something you at least need to think about when you go vote for who you want to see on the ballot in November. It's something you need to at least think about. All of that said... Events are unfolding in real time that make Donald Trump look better by the minute. What do you think? 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America with this invitation. Uh, follow me on my weekly column, youtellmetexas.com. We called it that because I say what's on my mind, you say what's on yours. You can say it from wherever you are, though. You don't have to be from Texas. You do have to be here next hour. It's coming up after the top. Stay with us. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is hour two of Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser filling in for Jimmy Fallon today. And if I do the show, you do the show at 888-788-9910. I want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. We set up the first hour saying, what is your plan B? If for, if for some reason, if you're supporting Donald Trump, he becomes unable uh, to uh, to successfully complete a campaign or if it becomes ill-advised to nominate him. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, and I'm not saying that it should happen. I'm saying... Do you have an alternate airport if you can't make it to your primary airport? 888-788-9910. Lord knows we have to change out administrations. We cannot stand the thought of four more years of weakness and feebleness and chaos that is coming from this administration. I'm here in Texas. This is a border state. It's a big border state. We understand what happens when you have tens of thousands of people coming across the border illegally every day. You can't sustain this. A country with no borders isn't a country. I, and Biden's getting hammered on this, not only by Republicans and talk show hosts like me, but by members of his own party and by Mayor Eric Adams, the Democrat mayor of New York, 
who's living now with what it's like to be a sanctuary city. It's great in theory. Oh, we're here in Martha's Vineyard. We're for everybody. We want bridges instead of walls. Um, they would have happily built a wall around Martha's Vineyard after they had a whole, just one busload showed up. Fifty people showed up in Martha's Vineyard. That sanctuary place, that, that liberal enclave that is so in favor of these poor migrants, they got them off Martha's Vineyard the same day. That's the reality of what's going on on the southern border. Just one of the things wrong with the Biden administration. We need a different president. It could be Donald Trump. It could be Nikki Haley. It could be Ron DeSantis, even though that looks increasingly less likely, and I'm not sure I understand why. What do you think? 888-788-9910. Sam in Maryland, what do you think? What's on your mind? I would think that somebody just called me, and so it might blink out for a second. But I was thinking on-the-job training. So I like Nikki Haley and all that, but I'm thinking, do you know how difficult that job is, like, for me and you to drop in to be the president? So Donald Trump, for all his, his idiosyncrasies and whatever, whatever. Well, he but, does she's, but, she's, but, but she has, the, she has the, the resume to be a president. Most presidents have been governors, and she's been a governor. But does she can she pick up the phone and talk to Xi Jinping because she already t- shook her, shook his hand, and can she call up? Can Trump can call up and Putin go? Listen, dude, that kind of thing. That's I'm just saying he could drop right into the chair and they write the numbers to call. Already met these people, that kind of thing. That, that's got to be like when you get dropped off the first day. Hey, you're president. You're like, okay, where's the bathroom? That kind of thing is what I'm thinking. All right, he, let, he already let, knows who to call. All right. Well, let's let's run that premise out. Let's let's say, okay, Donald Trump gets elected uh, in November of 2024. He assumes office January 20th of 2025. He will walk in. He will be a. You have to you have to give him this. One, he will know where the bathrooms are. <clears throat> Number two, he will know now what I don't think he really appreciated <clears throat> in uh, in 2017 when he took office. He will know what he's up against. He will know the federal bureaucracy, the swamp is out to get him. I don't think he fully appreciated that. I don't think anybody appreciated um, what would happen if you actually rose up and said, we're not going to put up with the swamp running the country anymore. They They came back with a vengeance. And I think he'll know that. My concern about Donald Trump is not that he wouldn't know what to do, not that he couldn't pick up the phone and call Xi Jinping or call call Putin or call uh, the uh, little rocket man, um, Kim Jong-un. I'm not concerned about any of that. I'm concerned, can he build a good team? And here's why I'm concerned about that. He's having trouble getting lawyers to represent him now. Uh, People that have been on Donald Trump's team have a nasty habit of going broke. Uh, paying legal fees, Rudy Giuliani being the most recent example. Rudy Giuliani's broke. I mean, he and he's been sued by one of the law firms that represented him for represented him for like a million four hundred thousand dollars worth of unpaid legal fees. Don, Rudy Giuliani went broke. Michael Flynn went broke. The 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 attacks on people who support Trump are so vicious. And Trump can, can withstand it, but members on his team maybe can't. So you have to be concerned about that. I see. That, my, my concern is that it's great about the swamp and all that stuff, and, of course, the border is important. I'm worried about World War III, so I well, need sure. to pick up the phone. That, that's my primary concern. That well, sure, yeah, absolutely. Thing. I mean, you know, you could wind up in a in a whistling, screaming pyrotechnic show um, 
uh, no problem. In days, in days, in days kind of thing. If, if, if you see what's really happening, I mean, it's it's ratcheting up. I don't know, maybe it's, I'm paranoid and I watch too much news or whatever, but I think first thing is security and then, yeah, border, work on – but I just say, I would say, if he dropped me in the White House, I know I'm going to close the border. I'm going to call up and yell at Putin. But I'm like, okay, what's the phone number? How do I do it? Okay, show me this nuclear football thing again. How does it work? Because it's like, that's to my concern, is World War Three above everything else. And then we can work on other stuff. And I, like I said, he knows where the water core is. And he knows the phone number's on his desk. So that's, yeah, that's, and, that's my case. That's all right. my weird idea. So. All right, Sam, appreciate the call, 888-788-9910. Let me tell you things that are on my list that I think are at least um, on on a par with the potential for a, you know, a, a screaming World War III scenario. Big thing on my list, we don't trust our institutions anymore, the institutions that we have to be able to trust if we are to have a republic, if we are to have a, a self-governing nation. I wouldn't, I wouldn't answer the FBI's question of, are Basset Hound puppies cute without the presence of an attorney? I don't trust the FBI anymore. I don't trust the, the Department of Justice anymore. I don't trust that, that those two institutions, the FBI is a part of the D- Department of Justice, I don't, su- I don't believe that the Department of Justice is about the impartial, uh, without fear or favor, dispensation of justice anymore. I don't think you can trust the Justice Department to act justly. That is a huge problem. Somebody has to fix that. Or we lose the republic. Is that person Donald Trump? If, if, if my fear on Donald Trump is, it'll look like it'll look like vengeance. It'll look like revenge. It might look a little cleaner, more effective if somebody who has not been personally abused by the DOJ went in there and cleaned it up. It might just look like, um, like I say, vengeance. So, who's the person to clean up the Department of Justice? It has to be cleaned up. It has to be fixed. The southern border has to be fixed. We cannot allow tens of thousands of people to come into the country illegally every month. That simply cannot happen. Here's another thing that's scaring me to death. We are out of money, and we're spending it like we have it, and we don't have it. Uh, one proposition that I'm you know, thinking about here, throwing out is a, uh, something to talk about. You're, we're out of money. You can, do, you can pick two of these three, Israel, Ukraine, the border, pick two, because couldn't we afford to address three when all three need to be addressed? We, our military is at the lowest ebb that it has been since before World War II. We, the military is so badly depleted, and we can't recruit uh, 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 new military members. The, the, the Army, I think, missed its, what was the number I saw, missed by 60,000, its recruiting goal for 2023. The, we, our army is shrinking. Our navy is shrinking. The air force is almost literally falling apart. The air force is in terrible trouble. And and as uh, Sam just said, we're looking here on the brink of World War III. Um, I'm concerned about all of those things. Who best to address them? 888-788-9910. Linda in Dallas, you're next. What do you say? We've got to put you into a more happy place. 
<laughs> okay, well, good. I'd be glad to be gotten into a more happy place. I'm happy about my daughter if you're in the lead, lead off hour. I so, know. I'm I'm a CPA, too, so that was really – I remember taking that exam, and it was – Did you cry? Did you call your parents – did you call your parents crying because my daughter did? I did. Okay. It's really, and, it's really, then, really hard. When, when I got my letter saying I had passed – I photographed it and I sent it to my dad. I did. I did it. <laughs> so, but it was hard. So I understand that. Well, so talk to me about but, about what's on your mind, Linda. All right. Well, I want to turn you into a positive place because everything Good. that you're talking about scaring you to death. And yeah, I agree. Um, I get caught up into it too, especially. Um, I listen to the news all day long. I really like to stay involved in all the politics and everything. But, you know, um, light reveals truth. Okay, so, for example, I, I need to get – well, can I – I don't know. How much time do I have? <laughs> can you I got, have, like, two minutes? you you got two minutes. Go. Okay. All yours. So imagine um, if you've ever climbed a mountain, like, you know, hike it, not climb, hike it. Um, you get up, and you, you're looking for the peak. And when you get up above 12,000 feet, if you're hiking in Colorado to get to a 14,000 14, 14,000 peak, you can't find the way. And there's these cairns along um, that people have left. Uh, they're little rock pillars to show you, okay, how to find it. And even when you, you, know, you don't know where you're going, you trust the cairns. And then amazingly, you look back down the mountain, and the path that you couldn't find is so evident. It's kind of like doing a dot-to-dot puzzle. Okay. You know what I'm talking about, like uh-huh. what the kids do, where you don't know what's getting exposed until you start connecting all the dots. And then you, then the picture gets revealed. I think God's doing something miraculous right now. I think he's revealing truth to us, especially in the United States, that we have just been so passive, we haven't been paying attention to. I think something's happening right now that's miraculous. I don't disagree. I don't. I don't disagree with you, Linda. I was talking to my wife about this, you know. And it, yeah, at least, so at least we now, at least we now know that Harvard exactly. is moral, morally bankrupt. We at least we now know well, it. Yes. So, for example, a horrible event. It really is horrible. It affects a lot of people negatively. But what is the positive that came out of it? COVID. COVID exposed the fact that the system, our school system was indoctrinating children. Parents didn't realize it until they had to start listening in and they were being educated at home. That's what got exposed. Also, the fact that that certain schools wouldn't open, it exposed that the the Democrat and the union is basically money laundering between the two of them. True, true. Yeah, so, but the indoctrination. So, and then on October 7th, another extremely horrible event, just like, you know, Nazi Germany, World War II. You, but the thing is, is that it exposed all the anti-Semitism in the United States, especially in the Ivy League schools. Well, and listen. So everything, so it's just light exposing truth that's been hidden. That, you know, and Linda, you are absolutely correct about that. And as I say to my to my wife and my daughters all the time, 
no matter how bad something is, some good comes out of it. Some good comes out of Always. everything. And the, yeah. and the good that has come out of COVID is we have seen, as you just pointed out, just what a mess public education is in the United States. And we have also seen just how spring-loaded a huge portion of government is to impose tyranny upon our lives. We saw them for right, what they so are. Let's go back to the so let's go back to the question of Trump. I I go back and forth. I don't know whether he can win it and I don't know whether he's the best candidate. Well, all right. If he can win it, I think he is the only person that now fully understands the underbelly of the deep state that if he's able to be a Christian man that he says he is, he will only go after just trying to correct the situation and not a vengeance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know but, either. I, I know. I know this, and then I, you ask how much time you have, and now not much. But I agree with you, Linda. Your overarching theme here is we have now at least had our eyes opened. A, a lot of people that who are not that politically connected, not paying that close attention, are paying attention and what they're seeing they don't like, and they're prepared to do something about it. Linda, you make a great point, and you did move me to a happier place. And and thank you. 888-788-9910. Your call is coming up after the show, after the break. Stay with us. You're listening to the man with the fashion sense that's all his own. Looks like a gay bag lady. <laughs> this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Liam in Troy, Michigan, you're next. What say you? Hello, Paul. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. Uh, bottom line is, we need Trump back. I voted for Obama one time. I'm still kicking myself. Anybody that says they'll vote for Biden over uh, Trump needs their head examined because, you know what, Biden is destroying this country. I'm 71 years old, and I'm having a hard time making it. I have to go and find me a job. That's how bad it is. Well, listen, infla- listen inflation clobbers people who've retired. The, yeah, only, yeah. the only thing that inflation did do, you got to give it this much, inflation raised interest rates from zero. So if you have cash on deposit, you can at least earn some money on your deposits. The problem is it all that money gets absorbed paying for groceries. So right, right. It's it's inflation is a is a it's a hidden tax, and it taxes everybody. There's nobody that get it's exempt from it. Half of America pays nothing in income taxes. Everybody in America pays the pays the inflation tax. And as always, when bad policy gets enacted, when bad policy is allowed to take full flower, Liam, it disproportionately affects people on the lower end it always does right well all i can say is we need trump back i'll give you a quick scenario here if okay. you open up a restaurant are you going to go ahead and hire a chef that's qualified or are you going to hire somebody who's never cooked in their life and only knows about eating you're going to hire the chef right because you want your business to do good yeah i understand that Haley is good but you know what? Trump has been there. He's done that, and he knows what's going on. And for all these morons that saying that uh, 
they don't like Trump, they're voting for Biden. They need their head examined. They really do. So you voted for Obama how many times? Once or twice? I just once, the first time, because I asked him to be a gay man. And when they went ahead and he says that uh, he's for the gay community and all that stuff, when I found out he wasn't, you know, and um, when I seen he was a socialist and he was communist and everything, I switched to Republican. I'm 100 percent Republican now. Okay, so you've made this. Did you vote for Democrats all the prior? All prior? Were you always a Democrat until until then? Always, but always, but I was never active. Okay. Hey, Liam. Good stuff. Appreciate your call. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Paul Glazier, sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, inviting you to follow me at my weekly column, YouTellMeTexas dot com. Inviting you also to stick around for more of the show after the break. It's coming up. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela. Want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. On the line, Allison Esposito, a GOP candidate for Congress in New York's 18th District. Allison, welcome to the show, and uh, Merry Christmas a day late. Happy Boxing Day. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Paul. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I hope you enjoyed a wonderful holiday with your family. We have absolutely fabulous holiday, and I uh, hope it was the same for you. The 18th District, tell us about that, people that are not familiar with New York. So uh, it's uh, just outside of New York City. The 18th District is uh, Orange, Ulster, and Dutchess County. Okay. Um, and uh, it's it's uh, the, the area where I grew up in. It's... Uh, uh, a bedroom community of New York City, lots of cops, lots of firefighters, uh, you know, just a great area to grow up in. And it has West Point uh, in it, the Woodbury Commons. You know, uh, it's just a, it's it's in the Northeast in New York State. We live in such a, a wonderful area. Uh, you know, during the fall, you have the, the fall foliage, great hiking. We have, you know, the Seven Lakes. You have, uh, you know, Harriman State Park and all just beautiful, beautiful things to take in uh, outside of New York City. And I'm honored uh, to be uh, going for or attempting to gain the support of the, vo the, the voters in New York's 18th District and to be their voice of common sense. Uh, right now, I'm going up against an individual in Pat Ryan who likes to talk a moderate game. Uh, but he has failed to represent the people of New York 18 adequately. Uh, you know, he was the Ulster County executive. As the Ulster County executive, uh, you know, he marched with BLM, called to defund the police. Uh, he made Ulster County a sanctuary county, uh, refused cooperation with ICE. He has repeatedly voted against border security and the border wall. Uh, he, he's just not the right guy. Uh, and I'm I'm a law enforcement, law and order candidate. I was a New York City cop for 25 years. Um, and I want to bring common sense. I want to bring public safety uh, back to the people of New York 18. Well, Allison, let me give you the, this Texan's perspective on New York. I've been traveling. I mean, I'm in the media business, and the, you know, there's so much media headquartered in New York. I've been traveling to New York on business since the late 1970s. And I, I can remember being there in the 70s and early 80s, and the, my favorite two words after two or three days in New York were LaGuardia, which is to say I was <laughs> headed to the airport to get out because yeah. it, it, it had become so degenerate and, and, and mm -hmm. dangerous and dirty 
and and every the sign of every building uh, covered in graffiti uh, in Times Square was just an, was a, a, a literal outdoor toilet. And mm-hmm. I watched what a Republican administration did to New York. I'm talking about Rudy Giuliani, who has a whole list of problems right now. But I watched what happened when you put common sense, you know, conservative leadership in 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 charge of a of a city that a lot of people thought was beyond redemption, and New York became one of the well, the safest big one of the safest big cities in the world. And I used to look for that period of time when I had to come to New York on business. I looked forward to it. I thought, mm-hmm. go to New York, cool. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, on a nice night, I would walk from my hotel at 34th and Lex over to a place that I like in New York on 47th between 7th and 8th called uh, uh, Trattoria Tre Calori, and I walk the whole mm-hmm. way at night, no fear at all. We've lost yeah, that. All, all of that has been forfeited. I was, I've been in New York a couple of times recently. I don't have that feeling anymore. No, and you shouldn't. <clears throat> so 25 years, we worked day and night. And you're right. It's, but it's not even just the Republican um, values or Republican leadership. It's common sense. This isn't a red wave. This is a red, white, and blue wave. This is Republicans, independents, and uh, you know, Democrats alike. Enough, enough. We're saying we want our streets back. We want our security back. We want to be able to decide what's best for our children. You go through New York City now. Within months, we gave it back. We gave it back to the criminals. Listen, it's not rocket science. You need to hold criminals accountable for actions. Okay, with bail reform and criminal justice reform that went so far in New York where we are not prosecuting crimes, Alvin Bragg and other rogue district attorneys are not prosecuting crimes. They're failing to uphold their oath of office. They really, they absolutely need to be removed. And you're right, it's a feeling in New York City, but it's not just New York City. Like I said, New York 18 is a bedroom community of New York City, right? People go in, they they commute to work in the morning. There are husbands and wives worried about each other going into work. There are kids that are going into the city for their first jobs or their first apartments. And it's scary. It's scary because right now we have a New York City that is akin to that that you mentioned in the 1980s. We have a ridiculous amount of drug overdoses that are happening. And that's, uh, thank you, Joe Biden, to not securing our southern border. We have drug overdoses. We have failure to properly address the mental health crisis in New York City. And you want to tell me that forced care is not compassionate? I submit to you that stepping over an individual in crisis, laying in their own filth on a 30-degree sidewalk, that's not compassionate. Letting that individual go into a train system and looking at someone and saying, oh, this is a demon, and throwing them in front of a train, that's not compassionate. We have government's number one job Number one job is to keep their people safe. And then you know what? Get out of their lives. Allow them to determine what's best for themselves, their families, their small businesses, their children's education. We need to keep our people safe. Kathy Hochul, Pat Ryan, Joe Biden, and all of the like are failing to do that. Allison Esposito, GOP candidate for uh, Congress, New York's 18th District, on the line with us. Listen, the GOP had a pretty good night in what was supposed to be a spectacular night in 2022. The red wave didn't happen, but good things happened in New York and really made the difference between a Republican majority and a Democrat majority in the House. I'm worried about two things. One, the redistricting that's going on in New York. And number two, just how razor thin that majority is. I'm worried about losing the House. What do you say? Well, I worry about losing that as well because the the 
I ran as a lieutenant governor candidate alongside Congressman Lee Zeldin. And you're right. There was uh, a bit of a red wave that happened in New York that allowed us to flip seats that nobody thought was possible, that gave us that majority. And that majority has allowed us to keep a check on the dangerous left policies and ideologies of the Biden administration. So I do worry about that. But like I said, people are sick of this. This isn't a Republican thing. This is people waking up and saying enough, enough, enough an attack of our American values. There is a war on Christian Judeo values. There's a war on Christmas, a war on Christianity. There's a war on our good, hardworking people. There's a war in New York. There's a war in the country on natural energy. There's a, a, a war on people being able to decide what's best for themselves. I think you're going to see in this next election year, we're going to continue to gain momentum. I want to see us hold the House, expand our majority. I want to see us take the Senate, and I believe that there is absolutely no way that the American public will reelect the likes of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They are driving this country into the ground. Uh, in November alone, in November alone, you had 250,000 illegals cross our southern border, okay? Uh, 35,000 more uh, more than 35,000 illegal aliens with criminal convictions nationwide, including, including 598 known gang members, 294 illegal aliens on the terrorist watch list have been uh, apprehended between ports of entry since the beginning of fiscal year 2021, not to mention the amount of fentanyl that's pouring across our southern border. Well, Alison, so let, I, me, I, let, let me jump here on, on that subject. How many, because I've lost track, how many uh, illegal migrants have we from Texas sent you so far? Do you know what the oh. number is? I, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want to be wrong. So well, we, gonna, we in Texas have sent a goodly, we've, thanks to Governor Greg Abbott here in Texas, we have sent you a, a goodly number to the great dismay of, 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 of Mayor Eric Adams there in, in New York. Okay, but New York is a city of 8 million people. Eagle Pass, Texas, is a city of about 30,000 and if Eagle, mm -hmm. if New York can't handle a few thousand illegal migrants, how do they think Eagle Pass can? Agreed, um, and and that's that's where the, the the leftist policies they don't hold water. Oh yes, with open borders, everybody's welcome. We have jobs. We want we to build. We want to build. Br we want to build bridges and not walls. We do. And right, we put a exactly. coexist coexist sticker on the back of the car and drive down exactly. the on the back of the of the of the, uh, of the Tesla and drive down the street and congratulate themselves on their moral virtue right except when it comes to their back door so uh, Kathy Hochul Pat Ryan uh, Mayor Adams right we're sanctuary cities we're sanctuary counties we're a sanctuary state then they come and it's wait what, what are you doing this is not this is not supposed to come to here. We can't, oh, now the Biden administration has to give us money. We can't sustain this. This isn't sustainable. Of course it's not sustainable. But it's a matter of national security. And to your question, um, so far in 2023, 95,000 migrants so far. 95,000 migrants the city has taken in. Now, and, and that's in a city of 8 million. And guess yeah. what Eric Adams is doing? He's busing them out. So they're coming to my bedroom community of New York City in New York right. 18, right? right? They're taking up spaces. They're, they're, they're taking up um, hotel spaces. At one point, they, they, were, they were alleging they were kicking out veterans. Um, that one wasn't confirmed, but, but, but they're putting an undue burden on the communities upstate. And it's not, it's not acceptable. Now, this country was founded on legal immigration, legal, lawful immigration. 
we have an obligation to our citizens to put them first. There are people that are waiting online and doing it the right way, and they are properly vetted. Just so far in 2023, you had 170 known, known terrorists from countries, suspect, suspect countries, cross our southern border. These are the ones that we caught, not to mention the 1.7 million gotaways that we don't have any idea where they are in this country or what they're doing, what their intention is. Dana Perino said it a couple of weeks ago on Fox. It was fantastic. She said, the close, the farther we get from September 11th, the closer we get to September 10th. And you see what's going on in Israel right now. Terrorists are alive and well, and they are targeting American values. They are targeting the American way of life. And we should be very afraid of who is here. We have to give our Customs and Border Protection Agency the resources that they need to be able to protect our country. Joe Biden needs to do his job. Well, I agree, but let me. Two things to, in the in the time we have left is um, as we talked to Allison Esposito, candidate for the 18th district in uh, in New York. Two things that, that I'd like I amplify on what you said. Number one, if you're in New York City on a cold, miserable, rainy day where it's no good to walk around and you can't stroll Fifth Avenue or do the things, get on the ferry, go to Ellis Island, and 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 take that tour. Just take in Ellis Island because one of the th- my wife and I did this. And one of the things that got my attention there was a display they had on how immigrants, legal immigrants to the United States that were being let in via an orderly process in a, in a way that, that suited the interests of the country, were in, it was enforced upon them that they had to take classes on assimilation into the United States. They mm-hmm. had to learn our culture. They had to. They had to learn our history. They had to learn our civics. They. It, it would. There was a program for incorporating immigrants into the American ethos. We don't have that now. But if you go to Ellis Island and look at when 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 legal immigration was happening the right way, that was part of it. We don't have that now. No, I agree with you, and, and that, that is an excellent point. You have people coming into this country that are looking, quote-unquote, for the American dream, but then they want to change America back to the country that they are fleeing from. Uh, it just doesn't work. There's an attack on American values. You know, you saw it even last night in New York City. You had this, this pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist group riots that were happening. Anarchists, masks on, on face. Chris, on Christmas. On Christmas. On Christmas. But they were, and they were chanting, Christmas is here is canceled. You're going to cancel Christmas in the United States? No, thank you. We are going to fight you. They threw fake blood on the nativity street, uh, on the nativity seats. These are rioters. These are anarchists. They are hell-bent on destroying the American way. If you want to come to America, you want to come here legally, lawfully, and assimilate into American culture, we welcome you. You want to come with changing America, you are not welcome here, sir. Yeah, so then, then my question is in the in about the 30 seconds we have left. Given, given the success that New York had under, uh, under, uh, under Rudy Giuliani, uh, given the success the, the, when we saw how common sense policy worked, how do we wind up with a Bill de Blasio and then an Eric Adams? How come people would vote for something antithetical to what worked? That's the part that confuses me. New Yorkers did better under Republicans than they're doing under these idiots Uh, de Blasio was a disaster. It's true, because the left is really great at a narrative that implores people 
to they, they they prey on emotion and they make the Republicans out to be the bad guy. They lie. They have false media narratives. They have dangerous political rhetoric. Go to my website, AllisonEsposito.com. You can see my policies at AllisonEsposito.com. These are common sense policies. These are people first policies. These are American policies that 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 should show voters that the narrative on the left side that has fire and brimstone coming out of Republicans' eyes, you have to vote for me because I'm a good person, I'm a Democrat, is wrong. The Republicans are on the right side of history. The Republicans are on the right side of these policies. And the Republicans are looking out for the good, hardworking, decent people of New York and the United States of America. Allison Esposito with one L, correct? That is correct, sir. AllisonEsposito.com. Listen, good luck. I'm going to be following New York 18, and I wish you every success. Thanks for being a part of the program. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. All right, take care. More of the show is coming up, 888-788-9910. Taking your calls, Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fallon. Stick around. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser for Jimmy Fela, 888-788-9910. Dave in Idaho, you've been patient. Thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to interject, and I know you'll agree with this. Um, the sleeper in the race, I, I believe, is Ron DeSantis. He's got the goods. He's been there, done that in Florida. He's aware of the depths to the left already, so that won't be a surprise if he gets in. He's got really no baggage comparatively. He's uh, rock solid. He's got the capabilities. Um, I think he can put winning back in style. And you were, you were talking about the uh, um, potential in recruitment. Well, people aren't going to sign up for a commander-in-chief that can play Mumbler in the next Batman movie. Um well, I think well, we you know, listen, this country around. Dave, in the time, in the minute that we have left, I mean, you know, I am baffled by Ron DeSantis because I looked at I looked at him as the that bright spot. He was the one part of the red wave in 2022 that actually right. came true. Yeah. Me, a huge victory in Florida. He has single handedly yeah. taken Florida from being a swing state to being a solidly red state. Stellar record as governor of Florida, and yet. On the wave of his of his victory in 2022, he has done nothing but sink in the polls all the way through 2023. He's now in third place in New Hampshire, the first in the nation primary, and I'm 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 concerned that this is not his time. And I thought on paper he was going to be the man. I really really was high on him. Not seeing it happen. Hey, we'll talk about that after the after the top of the hour break. More of the show's coming. Stay with us. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hour three, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy. Want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. The things we can talk about. We started the show off in the first hour. Do you have a plan B for Donald Trump? If something trips Donald Trump up between now and the convention, or well, now between now and the convention uh, in July of next year, 
do you have a plan B? What would that be? Who's your plan B for Joe Biden? Who do you want to run against if not Joe Biden? I think Joe Biden is easily defeated by the right candidate. Uh, but uh, who would your plan B for, be for the Democrats? Who would you like to face if not Joe Biden? 888-788-9910. Then in the first hour also, we can talk about this. Linda from Dallas was trying to, you know, to make me see the world through uh, through a brighter lens and uh, get me in my happy place by pointing out that some good comes of everything. And I agree with Linda. And I wrote a column to that effect uh, earlier uh, this year, you know, a couple of months ago. And I said something good comes of everything, even if it comes from something horrible. The October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas was horrific. It was brutal. It was evil. It makes you remember the horrors visited upon Jews by Nazi Germany. And I think of all the reports that came from that incredibly bad day, the one that really gets to me the most is the story of the anguished screams of a mother whose baby was placed in the kitchen oven by Hamas terrorists who then burned the baby alive. That's one, that's one example of countless examples of unspeakable, unimaginable evil. But for all that, for all that horror... It is possible that something good come could come and and emerge from that terrible October seventh day in Israel. That good could take the form of a long overdue day of reckoning for American higher education. When news of the October seventh attack broke, it didn't take long for the militant, unhinged leftism that's to an ever de- greater degree crowding out legitimate academic rigor on American elite university campuses. It didn't take long for that to be revealed. Yale University anthropology professor Zarina Grewal, she offered this little gem, this is a quote, prayers for Palestinians. Israel is a murderous, genocidal settler state, and Palestinians have every right to resist through armed struggle, solidarity, end quote. Wow. At Stanford University, an instructor asked uh, students how many Jewish people were killed during the Holocaust. Some student answered correctly, about six million. The instructor then said, well, Israel is a colonizer and more individuals have been killed by colonization. So, really? Pro-Hamas anti-Israel rallies that have been um, frequently accompanied by violence broke out all over, uh, broke out on elite university campuses. Detestable, idiotic, anti-Semitic statements from elite university professors who, if they want to call themselves educated, should know better. They're all over social media. In too many cases, the presidents of these elite institutions, and note the air quotes around elite, the the presidents of these schools have revealed themselves to be wishy-washy on the one hand, but on the other hand, invertebrates. Yale professor and president, uh, Peter Solovey, he managed to bring himself to condemn the Hamas attack. But he then permitted a university spokesman to water down that condemnation with a boilerplate printed statement saying that, quote, Yale is committed to freedom of expression, and the comments posted on Professor Grewal's personal accounts represent her own views and blah, 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 blah. He couldn't come out and just condemn her because of what he should have done. All of this 
and, and, and including that, that just devastating testimony on Capitol Hill before the uh, House Committee on Education and Workforce under the, um, uh, the questioning of Elise Stefanik, where the presidents of uh, Harvard, MIT, and UPenn couldn't bring themselves to say that it is a violation of, of student conduct policy to call for genocide against Jews on their campuses. They couldn't come out and say that. They had to say it depends on context. Well, all of this is at last opened um, American eyes that were previously blind to how far American higher education has fallen. Yale, like um, many of its peers, is not at all committed, in fact, to freedom of expression. You can ask the single-digit percentage of faculty there who can identify themselves as conservatives. Uh, They know that if they come out of that closet publicly, public condemnation and professional ostracization will quickly follow. The truth is... College degrees in general and elite university degrees in particular are increasingly not worth what they cost. That's one reason that companies like Apple and, um, and um, IBM and the airlines, most of the airlines, um, Walmart, others are dropping college degree requirements for much of their hiring. All the major U.S. airlines have stopped requiring college degrees for pilots. Campus reaction to October 7th has hastened a long overdue examination of American higher education. Cost you, cost mom and dad two or three hundred thousand dollars to send their kids off to one of these schools, uh, or the kid borrows that kind of money. What are you getting in return? At last, market forces may now succeed where conservative policymakers have failed. Creative destruction of the, of the uh, higher education paradigm we created in this country may at long last be at hand. And maybe with our eyes open, we can say that public education and higher education in America is failing our kids. And if we don't fix it, we're going to wake up and find that only kids that know how to, that can do math and know how to read, read Chinese or, or, or read uh, the native language of India. We're going to find out the kids that can do math and do science are not American kids. If we don't get ourselves under control, this is what's going to happen with, with respect to American public education. So at last, our eyes have been opened to the fact that we have a problem. And Linda called it to our attention in the first hour, talking to her on the phone. At least now we know what we're up against. We At least now we know that there's a problem to be addressed. And at least now we know that you can't have a wide open border because we can talk about sanctuary cities. We can talk about how we, we don't build uh, walls, we build bridges. But when you see the actual impact of acting on that belief, when you see what really happens and you see drugs pouring across the border and you see sexual assault among those poor people that are migrating at the hands of the of the cartel of the 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 cartels help bringing them across the border when you see what really goes on when you see what the real impact is on the law-abiding poor people in american cities people in american cities that would just like a leg up and all of a sudden now they have to compete with people from another country that don't even have the right to be here when you start seeing it in real life rather than just debating about it, you get the impact. And so maybe our eyes are open. What do you think? 
9910. Taking your calls, Brian from Idaho Falls. You're up here on the on Fox Across America. What do you have to say? Well, I got to start from the start, sir, because it started when he closed the pipelines. And then he went into Afghanistan, got a bunch of people killed. He started his mandates. He started shutting down businesses. He started firing the arm, firing the armed services for not taking the shots. Total dictatorship. Well, so what do you want to see happen in 2024? Who's your Who's your guy to replace him? I want to see Trump come back. I do. With this border out of control and what they're bringing across this border right now, it's unbelievable. It is corrupt. My little town in Idaho Falls, with Governor Newsom bringing, kicking everybody out, my rent has gone sky high. It's tripled. Make the connection for me. How has what Newsom has done in California made it a problem for you in Idaho? He has kicked everybody out with the homeless, the feces. He don't take care of anybody over there. He sits cute with his $500 suits, and he makes a good word. He is no good over there. He's a terrible governor, but let me tell you what. Did you watch the debate the other night with him and DeSantis? I said the other night, you know, two or three weeks ago, whenever it was. Did you I, watch? I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Let me tell you what, I did too, and I think he's a raving nutcase. I think he's wrong on everything that matters. But I can also why, tell why, why keep him in there? Well, I know, left uh, well I, because let me tell you something about him. Even though he's wrong about everything that matters, even though he is a left-wing loon, he is a very effective politician, and he will seduce a lot of people into voting for him. So are, they, are, are you telling me they're going through the, the payoffs? Is this how it's going through? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying he's a he's a seductive guy, and and I think you I think you, anybody that thinks he would be easily defeated uh, as a um, as a candidate for president is is naive. I think he'd be a a formidable opponent. As crazy wrong as he is, he is able to say things that are absolutely preposterous and make them sound well, so make them sound like the the. Like common sense. He says preposterous lies, absolute lies. It makes them sound like the truth to a lot of people. And that's what Obama did. That's exactly that's what, what Obama did. did. Except this that's guy exactly this, what Obama did. This guy is really, really effective as a politician. I think he's an absolutely terrible governor, and I think he's a I think he's I, first of all, I, I'm long believed that there is no way in the world that you could screw up California, and yet they have. California has everything in the world going for it. It's kind of like God made the world, and he's working on He's worked on it for five days. He said, okay, we have the sixth day. I'm going to rest on the seventh. i got one day. Okay, I'm, I've got, I figured it out. I'm going to save my best work, and I'm going to call it California. California has a thousand-mile coastline. It is rich in natural resources. It is n rich in timber. It has abundant water. It has abundant arable land. It has minerals. It has a Mediterranean climate. It has everything in the world going for it. It is 
the by far the most naturally rich state in the union, and yet they have managed um, under Democrats, the worst of which being Newsom, they have managed to destroy that state. And and California did something it has not done in its history. It lost population in the last census and lost seats in Congress in the last census. That is not possible for a state that is that attractive, yet it happened. And this is what you get, but nonetheless, guys like DeSantis are very very seductive guys. And a lot of people will vote for him because he's, he's you know, he's... He's hip-looking, he's good-looking, he's articulate, and he can say things that are completely idiotic and make them sound like, like they make sense. That's what scares me about Gavin Newsom. That's what scares me, too, because he sits there and he looks pretty, and they like him, and especially, I think it's the elites. Well, yeah, I mean, but then you then you have up, if you were to run against Donald Trump, you have Donald Trump, who is not the most friendly visage you've ever seen. You've got glowering Donald Trump, who's right about nearly everything, but he's, you know, he, he, he shoots off his mouth. He, he's, he says things he shouldn't say. Um, he, is, he just rubs a lot of people the wrong way up against a guy who's, who's beaming and sunny and bright and got a big, you know, probably you know, $20,000 worth of dental work smile and a, and a perfect hairdo and a, and, and a great-looking suit, a lot of people will vote for him, and that should scare you to death. And I would rather Donald Trump run against Joe Biden than run against uh, Gavin Newsom if I had to pick who I would want. If I'm going to have Donald Trump, if he's my nominee, I know I'd much rather have him vote or run against uh, Joe Biden than Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is not going to go away after 2024. He'll still still be around. And I tell you what, anybody who is thinking nationally about p- potential uh, Democratic uh, presidential contenders ought to be very concerned about Gavin Newsom because he has a whole lot of things going for him that make him very seductive. Hey, listen, I appreciate your call, Brian, 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America, Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Jim from Florida, you're next on Fox Across America. What do you say? Yes, sir. I just wanted to comment about uh, it's not Gavin Newsom you need to worry about. It's Michelle Obama because they're dressing her up and they're coaching her. They're getting her ready to take that seat. And uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are going to step out of the way because they're the puppets of Obama. They're, they're, and, uh, and what Obama says, they're going to do. And, uh, you know, it's really it's really disturbing with this border crisis that we got it, we got going on, and that is that this isn't simply about giving people an opportunity to come to the U.S. and seeking asylum. Uh, used to be that uh, you were running from a country that was coming after you, uh, you know, trying to harm you, and yet what they're doing is, and you can, I drive truck for a living, and what, and you can see it very, very clearly what's going on. They are replacing the American public 
with the uh, with the uh, illegal aliens. <clears throat> they're putting them in the trucks. They're putting them in all your uh, all your delivery places that you pick up and deliver at. Not, you know, almost none of them can speak English anymore in these big warehouses and things like that. And when you have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis, it gets very, very irritating, to say the least. Well, Jim, let me let me take them in order there. First of all, you talk about Michelle Obama. I'm not convinced that she wants to do it, but if she did, I will concede to you that she would be a formidable opponent. She's she's an attractive woman. She's very articulate. Um, you know, Democrats and and people on the left vote their feelings, and they would have all kinds of feelings about Michelle Obama. And the idea, you know, a whole lot of people are still completely enamored with her husband. And the idea of of a second uh, Obama presidency with the actual name on it would be very, very uh, seductive to a lot of people. And I think she would be formidable if she were to run. I'm not convinced she's going to. On to the illegal immigration. There's a couple of things going on with respect to that, not the least of which, at least a possibility, and I know I'm going to sound like I need to be fitted for a tinfoil hat, but if I were were Xi Jinping and I wanted to weaken my geopolitical foe, I would flood that country – with is with millions of poorly educated, poorly skilled, social services consuming people to weaken the, the the societal fabric. I would do that, and I'm not sure that that's not what's going on. At the very least, Democrats are wanting to import uh, a, a a generation of future dependent voters to keep them in power forever. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Last half hour of the show is coming up here on Fox Across America. Paul Glaser filling in. I hope you'll stay with us. Home stretch of Fox Across America. Paul Glaser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Uh, We have on the line with us Joe Pinion. He was a Senate candidate in New York in the last cycle in 2022. Did something that requires astonishing bravery. He ran against Chuck Schumer in New York. Joe, thanks for being a part of the program. Great to be with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Listen, first of all, good for you running against Schumer. That was a that was a tough hill to even take on, and I'm glad you did it. And uh, I'm I'm glad that we have people in in New York State willing to take on an established Democrat like that. But with respect to the to the United States Senate, with respect to the uh, to the state of New York and the in the and the state you represent, New York is finding out what it's like to be a border state. Well, look, I, I think the hard truth is that New York City and New York State has always been willing to speak about a progressive agenda without actually having any skin in the game. It's easy to get on TV and bang on a table at City Hall and say we're going to be a sanctuary county and be a sanctuary city. But when you actually have to find the beds uh, to be uh, a sanctuary county and a sanctuary city, it becomes a very different ballgame. And so, yes, 
Uh, they gaslit the New Yorkers, telling us the migrant crisis was a figment of our imagination, a Republican talking point. But now uh, that actual crisis is bankrupting the city. And more importantly, the people that depend on New York City, the people that have made their home in New York State, uh, they're the ones who are bearing the burden as we have to spend more and more money, millions and billions of dollars, to support people who haven't come here through the legal processes and to make sure that their American dreams can be fulfilled before our obligations to our own citizens can be met. Well, but meanwhile, you, you have uh, the uh, Hochul and you have uh, Eric Adams blaming my governor. I'm talking to you from Texas. Um, blaming my governor, Greg Abbott, instead of pointing the finger where it should probably be pointed, properly be pointed, that would be a Joe Biden. It's it's Biden administration immigration policy that's creating the flood in the first place. It's not uh, Greg Abbott's fault for trying to figure out where to, where to take them when we can't afford to hold them. Texas can't Texas is the second largest state in the country. We can't handle this many people. Well, I'll, I'll take, tell you this way. The, the People know how large New York City is, but I, I'm from Yonkers, New York, which is the uh, third largest city uh, in the state of New York, population around 210,000. Second largest city is uh, Buffalo, New York, around 250,000, 260,000 people. Uh, we're now in a situation where uh, we're getting more gotaways per month than the population of some of these cities. You look at right. uh, what's happened right. here in this country. Uh, on the southern border, they arrived under a mission accomplished banner, the Biden administration. They decided that they were going to overturn every single Trump policy the remain in Mexico policy, uh, the fact that they're now going to try to convince us all uh, that it's a good thing that we have uh, close to two million gotaways in this country. We have no idea who these people are, what their state of mind is. We've seen the amount of people on the terrorist watch list apprehended on our northern and southern border go up nearly tenfold, close to 200 people uh, on that terrorist watch list. So it is a matter of sovereignty that that has been debased. It is a matter of safety uh, that has been compromised. You are less safe today than you were when Joseph Robinette Biden uh, placed his hand on the Bible and took the oath of office. And if this is what they call the return to normal presidency, uh, then they have tried to paint the abnormal as normal, but we're all suffering because of it. Well, you know, it's New York. I don't know if I'm right on this. If you were to take New York out of the uh, out of the math, New York City out of the math, would the rest of New York be a red state? Oh, well, most of the state is pretty red. In fact, obviously, in our election in 2022, uh, we were able to flip 40 counties uh, that had previously been won by Chuck Schumer. So certainly there is a common sense awakening happening in this state, and people are seeing the truth, that every time people in Texas uh, try to take their own time on their own dime to secure the border, there's the Biden administration trying to sue the state of Texas to prevent them from building the wall to prevent them from putting up the buoys. Uh, when the state of Arizona tried to put up a temporary wall using shipping containers, there 
was the Biden Department of Justice suing to have those shipping containers taken down. So every time states have taken them upon themselves to try to restore common sense and law and order, there has been the Biden administration trying to undermine the sanctity of this country. And as President Trump said when he came down that escalator uh, in 2015, either we have a country or we don't. And that starts with respect for our laws. And we cannot have millions of people coming to this country whose first act of trying to be Americans is to violate the laws of America. So uh, that is the unfortunate position that we find ourselves in right now. And I think that as we have this 2024 election upon us, more and more people are going to start to realize the bow is about to break uh, because America was not intended to be a safety net for the world. We have a safety net to make sure that their own citizens do not fall through the cracks. Well, let me ask you on that point, the bow is about to break. In other words, words, hit a tipping point. 90%, 85% of New York City residents vote for Democrats. It's overwhelmingly Democrat. And you're African-American. About 90% of black voters have have historically voted for Democrats. The question you have to ask is, given what happens when they do, why? Well, the old, I think it's the old saying is, No one cares about what you think until they know that you care. And I think that the failure of my party, a party that I've been a proud member of, I was a teenage Republican, a college Republican, now I'm an old, young Republican, uh, but we have to do a better job of going into communities uh, that typically do not vote for us. There is that old saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Uh, that is what we often tell minority voters, particularly black voters, but the same has to be said for the Republican Party. We must look ourselves in the mirror and remind ourselves of that very same mantra. It's not enough for us to show up and say, look at the Democrats destroying our lives, we must be willing to show up and talk about all the issues. Kathy Hochul right now is trying to gaslight black New Yorkers into thinking that New York State has a slavery problem. No, New York State has an apathy problem brought to you by a Democratic Party that wants to point to the 1800s about slavery and wants to ignore the fact that right now in New York City, close to 70 percent of black students do not know how to do math at grade level. A 60 percent of black students you know now how to read at grade level that is child abuse brought to us by kathy hochel and her policies by the democratic party and their policies 40 years i've been on this earth and every decade of my life uh, they have spent more money educating less children for worse results so that is the reality of new york state that is the reality of new york city and until we have people who are willing to actually take that message to the doorsteps of individuals that don't vote for Republicans often enough and say, here's what's happening and here's our plan to help, we're still going to end up with people who feel, if my life's never going to get better, I'll just seemingly vote for the people who pretend to like me. Well, let me, I'm going to play a cut for you. It goes back to the 2016 election, if, if it'll properly play. This is Donald Trump at a campaign rally in Michigan, and he said something that no Republican had um, had the courage to say out loud. Let me play this cut for you. Look how much African-American communities have suffered under democratic control. To those I say the following. What do you have to lose by trying something new like Trump? What do you have to lose? 
I think that that resonated with me. Did, did it resonate where it was intended to resonate? I think the, the hard truth is that people who don't have a lot feel as if even if they don't have anything to lose, the little bit that they do have to lose is something they cannot afford to go without. And so we have to be intentional in our outreach and show people that all Democrats ever do is make promises about tomorrow. I've said it before. They treat the black community uh, like we're all extras in Annie. It's always tomorrow. It's always a day away. And they never focus on the pain that they have brought to you in the present. And as I told Chuck Schumer in that debate stage, any person who promises to do tomorrow what he had the power to do yesterday is someone you cannot trust with your present or your future. And so this is a message that Republicans need to internalize uh, to say that even on issues like climate, uh, where they Democrats love to beat the drum about the Green New Deal, uh, New York State is ground zero for what happens when you entrust them with their disastrous policies. They shut down the nuclear plant in Westchester. They declared war on a natural gas and new natural gas hookups. And all they have done is make the air dirtier, made your electric bill uh, more expensive. And you have seen people, particularly in the black community, playing close to uh, a third of their disposable income on electricity bills, just keeping the lights on. Uh, so the policies that they pass have an actual negative impact on people's bottom line, on their educational outcomes, their health outcomes, and their professional outcomes. Uh, this is not hyperbole. It's not political rhetoric. It's just a statistical truth uh, that is slapping people in the face. So I think that's where the focus has to be, reminding people that they do have a chance to have a choice, that President Trump and all the Republicans up and down the ballot need to go to people, irrespective of whether they're going to vote for them or not, and say, as Jack Kemp said, it's not enough for us to win. We must be worthy of victory. We might not get every vote, but we are going to fight uh, for every single voter. That is a message that I think will carry today, and having that intentional purpose, I think, will allow more and more people, as the polling numbers are starting to suggest, uh, to feel more comfortable going into that ballot box and filling in the bubble next to a person uh, with an R next to their name. Joe Pinion, former U.S. Senate candidate in New York, ran against Chuck Schumer as our guest. In the time we have left, you know, you, you just brought up a point. One of the things that you know, Joe Biden's inflation, Joe Biden's uh, energy policy that has resulted in people paying more for gasoline and natural gas and home heating oil and the, the, just keeping themselves warm in the winter, cool in the summer, all of those things have impacted me. But I have sufficient disposable income, and I'm sufficiently well off. They can impact me, and I can grumble about it, but I can withstand it. The people that Democrats always say that they are most uh, in support of, that they are all about taking care of, are the people who are the first to feel the effects of higher prices and, uh, and, and bad energy policy. They're the first people to get hurt. It's really, it, it, it's, you know, there, there is a way when you look at this, you say that there's a love language disconnect in our politics, uh, that there are people on the left who have become so conditioned to these programs. Every day, Democrats come to you with another program. Well, none of the programs actually work. You know, we, you know Republicans, conservatives, we believe in setting the conditions for you to achieve your own happiness, setting the conditions for opportunity to be 
equally uh, placed across the land. And so when you have somebody who is used to speaking in terms of programs and they meet people who speak about opportunity, about liberty, about trying to set an equal playing field, it feels as if it's not connected to their actual pain. So we have to try to, uh, to, in many ways, to bridge that language divide to show people that when we talk about school choice, we're not talking about defunding public schools. We're talking about giving you and your family the opportunity to remove your child from the failing schools. We have school schools in New York City right now where there's not a single black child that can read at grade level or do math at grade level. Uh, sounds to me like the type of plantation-based ideas uh, that Democrats are trying to point to in the 1800s. We have them right now in New York City. We've got public schools in New York City right now, more segregated than we had at the height of Jim Crow. These Democrats don't want to talk about it. They want to talk about the 1800s. So it is all one big smokescreen distracting us from the fact that, to your point, there is real pain being inflicted on black and brown communities today as we speak by the Democrats who have end-to-end -end power, majority in the state Senate, majority in the Assembly, in fact, a supermajority in the Assembly, going all the way back to when Ford was president, Democratic governor after Democratic governor. It's not Republicans who have done this to the black community in New York State. It's Democrats, and people need to start saying, I don't care who you vote for, but you can't keep voting for these people and expecting your outcomes to change. You know, the thing is, that, you know, we, we, we organized the Department of Education in 1979 in order to address you know, concerns about declining quality of education. And education has only gotten worse since. And, you know, and fewer kids can read at grade level. Fewer kids are proficient at mathematics. Fewer kids have a basic understanding of science. And a, and a frighteningly small percentage of them... Uh, understand uh, American civics. They don't understand how the government works, and they don't understand our culture. That's with a, a cabinet-level department whose job it was to improve education. It's only gotten worse. Well, all of this has only gotten worse because they have increased the size of the bureaucracy, but they have not improved the actual quality of the education the child receives. Again, we're spending, uh, in some cases, tenfold the amount of money we used to spend. But guess what? That money's not going into the classroom. That money's going to superintendents. That money's going to all these random uh, programs that are not actually data-driven solutions for our kids. And so, yeah, look, I, I, look, I'm from Yonkers, New York. Yonkers, uh, famous or infamous for having uh, one of the only cities in the country to have a federal desegregation order for public housing and public schools schools at the same time. This wasn't the 60s. This wasn't the 70s. This was 1988 when the city was found in, in default of that judgment. And so if you go from there to now, uh, we still have in that city $100 million a year being spent to bus children from one side of Yonkers to another side Gosh. of Yonkers, even <laughs> though close to 80% of all the children that attend the public schools are minorities. So you're spending $100 million in pursuit of racial diversity that, statistically speaking, cannot be achieved. Cannot be achieved so, because they're, yeah, they're, not, they're yeah, not there. And, they're not there. And so you, at some point, you have to have an honest conversation about the fact that the conditions in New York, the conditions in America have changed as such the solutions facing 
the solutions necessary to to address these problems need to be updated, need to be improvised, and, and, and that is the baseline for how you solve a state, how you change a country, giving people the opportunity they deserve. Democrats are not providing those opportunities. That's why it is so imperative for Republicans to find a way to be victorious in 2024. All right, Jonah, and I've, I've got to jump in right there and call it a call it a day with you because we're up against a break. But great conversation. I appreciate you being part of the program, and uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Thank you so much, my friend. God bless. God bless you. More of the show's coming up after the break. Stay with us. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America from uh, from the I'm just going to jump out and just claim to be the flagship station of Fox Across America, KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas. I write a weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. It is a conversation. I say what's on my mind every week, and I invite you to share your thoughts back. Youtellmetexas.com. It's called that because it's you telling me, and it's from Texas, but you can tell me from wherever you are. You tell me, Texas.com. Harry Hurley has the show tomorrow. I'm back on Friday. Meanwhile, thanks to John and Josh in New York for keeping us on the air. Thank you for listening. Um, I look forward to being back on Friday. Meanwhile, as Jimmy says, the show's over. Pay up and get out. Have a great day, everybody. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.